Jordan has shake, right, left, fade away. He has so much charisma. I don't see that in Kawhi. The problem is an offense. Mm -hmm. The problem is defense and their inability to get stops mm -hmm. when they need them. To go on not once, but twice, and to savage this franchise, you're basically, you're burning the franchise down for your own good. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Daryl Morey, Skip, has basically built his career, entire legacy, on taking down the Golden sure. State Warriors with the model that he wants to use. And that's by shooting 40 to 53-point shots every night. And for him to give up when he max contract uh, James Harden, he's max mm -hmm. contract uh, Chris Paul, he gave, what, $90 million to Clint Capella. Yep. And it seems to me now, if what Woj is reporting is true, and Woj is normally right on the money, uh, that he's willing to, like, give it up. I understand Clint Capella. Because for a guy that said, I want Golden State, especially after the way the series ended last year, I want Golden State, I want the Warriors, for him to lay an egg, mm. now, that's one game because Capella did play well in the regular season. But maybe, and what I, what I saw, Skip, is that his matchup, when he can play a big that he can beat up and down the court, mm -hmm. he's golden. But he has to go against Draymond. And he can't consistently beat Draymond up and down the court. Yep. And Draymond is a damn good defender. Yep. So Draymond neutralized him, and they didn't get the kind of production that they thought. Now, the Chris Paul, good luck moving Chris Paul. Here's a 34-year-old that has three years and $124 million left on his contract. At age 36, he'll be making $44 million. Mm -hmm. Now, I know a team, Skip. That, that's the third year. Yeah, the, at, the, the, at his option. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Oh, he, oh, he picking that that's up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, I know a team yeah. that's right here that they probably got a couple of people that's not, you know, that's not qualified to be in the position they're in, Jenny. Mm. Maybe. They say, you know what? We tried to get Chris Paul eight years ago. Maybe he hadn't aged at all. Mm. They'll sign it. Because as a matter of fact, not only will they trade for him, they'll extend him by three years. Yeah, I can see it. That's what they would do, mm. Skip. And what we're seeing, we keep talking about, well, D'Antoni is a problem here because what, we, what we've seen, he got Steve Nash in the Hall of Fame because he won two, two, uh, off, two uh, MVPs with this style of offense. Yep. The problem is an offense. Mm -hmm. The problem is defense and their inability to get stops mm -hmm. when they need them. Yep. And James Harden this style is great. We watched him all year, Skip, and it seemed like every other day we were doing a story like, right. this is a, I've never seen anything like this. Yep. But come playoff time, when a team, their only focus is mm -hmm. you. Now, see, you don't play Memphis one night, then go to Brooklyn, then no. get the Knicks, and then scoop into Miami. Mm. One night, every night, all the focus is on you. And now the reports are skipped. We're hearing that there's some rumbling between Chris Paul and James Harden. Well, they said they had words walking off the floor after the game six loss in sure. Houston. What was Chris Paul thinking? Has he not seen James Harden for the last five years, Skip? Mm -hmm. He's an ISO ball player. Dribble, 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 dribble. Okay, five seconds, I ain't got nothing. You take it. A lot of bad possessions. And come playoff times, you can't have too many of those, especially late in the ball game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what they seem to have a lot of. But mm -hmm. I'm surprised because what? I mean, you're going to scrap the whole thing and start all over again? Your centerpiece is still James Harden, mm -hmm. and he's still going to play the exact same way he's been playing. Mm -hmm. 
So before I answer Jenny's question about my shock over this, I have one disqualifier, potentially one caveat. <laughs> it's possible that Daryl Morey is such a shrewd operator that he dropped this hint hmm. through Woj just to light a fire under his team, J just to shake up the psyche of his team, to, to, to make everybody feel like you're all expendable. I'm sick of all of you and maybe try to reunite them because the truth is, there's only one quick fix here and one real fix. That's that's to fire the coach or yeah, not, not bring him back. Ty Lue's out there and they were talking about hiring him as an oh. assistant. I th That was what I would do because we all think Kevin Durant is gone, right? right? Yes. Okay, so all of a sudden, wouldn't that door swing at least, at least yeah. a little? Maybe it won't swing open, but it'll crack open. But it definitely bring Golden State back some to the field. Some, just some. So, so you're stuck with these contracts. Why wouldn't you just bring it all back with a new voice? And the new voice would be Ty Luz. He won a championship. He came back from three to one down. Yeah. I, I play, he's, he's a player's coach. D'Antoni's just a coach coach, right? Yeah. I, I watch those sideline huddles, D'Antoni talking, and it looks like nobody listens to one word that comes out of his mouth because it's just platitudes that. and cliches, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. And, and all they do, to your point, is it's just whoever's got the ball shoots a three, right? Yeah. Just shoot them and shoot them and shoot them. If you make enough of them, maybe you'll win right. because it's threes to twos, right. right? But, Skip, see, maybe that would work. Maybe right. that saying that everybody is, tra uh, uh, is on the table for being traded if you play football with the non-guaranteed contract. Yeah. But you trade somebody, Eric Gordon's still going to get his money. Now, Eric Gordon, somebody will take Eric Gordon because he's only $14 million. Someone definitely would take P.J. Tucker mm -hmm. at two years at $16 million I, I would agree. Because he, you know he's, gonna, he's a lunch pail. Hard hat type of a guy. He is, I would agree. But Skip, I Chris Paul at 40 plus million dollars okay. a year at 34. Right. Okay, before I get to Chris Paul, point of order. I still believe this, all my heart and soul. If Kevin Durant doesn't pull up lame, Houston is going to win that series. Wow. And if Houston did win that series against the KD-led Golden wow. State Warriors, who look like a troubled team to me we would be having a completely different conversation because then it would have been Houston against Portland. I got Houston. Right. And now it would be Houston against number two's Toronto. It's close. I, I don't know. It's a close call. Claude but Houston, locked him down. Huh? You know Claude locked okay, him down. Well, he would, he would be assigned a lot to that. Mm -hmm. But then we'd find out exactly what Houston's made of. Maybe not the right stuff. So what did happen once he went down? What, what happened in – in the final quarter of game five and the next four quarters of game six. Steph happened. Steph happened. 12 points in the fourth quarter of game five and then 23 points in the fourth quarter of game six at Houston. Mm -hmm. And what happened in both those games? Look at game five. It's 72 all after three quarters. Well, th this, is your, this is your shot. There's no KD. He just went down. G you would think that Golden State would be a little shell-shocked. They'd be a little bit psychologically reeling. How do we do this? Can we, do, can we go back to 73-9 and nine by flipping the switch? How do we do this? And what happened in the fourth quarter? Nothing happened for Houston. Right. James scored five. CP3 scored three. They, they were 0 for 3 combined from three-point range, and the other guy scoring 23 points. And you remember, okay. though, Skip, you remember at the start of the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. Steph Curry said they were in the huddle. Yeah. And they just looked at each other and smiled. Yeah. Like, okay. Like uh, we got this. Yeah, we got D bombs. Okay. And then look at the look at the fourth quarter of game six. This is at home. This is it. This is everything Daryl Morey, his whole life is on this. That's game. what's unacceptable. Okay? All right. So it's, they're they're up 87-82 going to the fourth quarter. 87-8. You gotta close that deal. One of your guys has, and guess what James does? Four big crucial turnovers mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. 
He had one assist, CP3 had zero assists because it degenerated into dribble, 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 dribble. But that right? was CP3's uh, game six was his best game. CP3 played unbelievable. Okay. James, but skip that style of play. Okay. Kobe said it. Look, it's great in the regular season because the team's going to see you once and then they might not see you again for another month or two. Mm. But when you're in a playoff series, Skip, all my focus is on you. All right, Nick, let's break it down. What do you think the Raptors need to do to beat the Warriors in the finals now? All right, so there are some small things, and then we'll go small to large. Uh, Danny Green, you got to make your shots, man. You can't, Danny Green is too valuable of a defender to where he's playing 14 minutes because he's missing open corner threes. He's has... The and best. he missed him a lot in the he, conference finals. And the whole, in the conference finals, he was just horrific. The previous two rounds, he was really bad. For the playoffs, he's been 31%. After a season where he's career-high 45%. But he once hit 27 threes in the NBA Finals that went seven games. He then, I think, hit 22 in an NBA Finals that went five games. He's has great finals experience. He's got to do that again this year. Now's the time when you have that thing is, hey, Chris. He's playing so bad it can't it get can't, any worse. It can't get That's worse That's where he for is right now because he is going to have open looks tonight, especially early in the game, and that becomes important, Nick, too, because if he's restricted to 14, 16 minutes a game, it puts extra stress on the bench. And it compromises their defense. Yes. Danny Green has to be out there. He has to provide on offense so he can be out there on defense. Danny Green is going to be on Clay Thompson. I am confident of that. Danny Green is one of a handful of Raptors who are all defensive team members in their career. So you've got to do that. You've got to win the rebounding battle. But first and foremost, you have to slow the Warriors down. You cannot get in a shootout with them. I know it's going to sound like a kind of obscure number, but the Warriors have played 99 playoff games the last five years. Tonight will be their 100th. They are 65-9. and nine. 65 and 9 if they score at least 104 points. They're almost unbeatable if they get just a little over 100. Less than 104, they're 10 and 15. Wow. So that's that's what it is. They, you you can beat them 98-94. You can beat them like the Cavs did in the game 7 in Oracle 93-89. You cannot beat them 121-118. You that's the way the Clippers tried to get in that series with them yes. and they got diluted because in that 31 point comeback they did beat them in a high scoring game. You have to but, Kawhi's one defensive player of the year. Gasol's one defensive player of the year. Danny Green's been an all-defensive team member. Abaka has been. Pascal Siakam will be one day. Kyle Lowry probably should have been a couple years ago. You have an all-defensive team as your team. That has to be the strength for Toronto. Yeah, they have to be able to make the series physical. If you look at Golden State in these five years, Jenna, they've been in the finals. Only one time, that was Cleveland 2015, that they were being held under a pace of 100. Cleveland came back in that series. 2016. From a, yes, in 2016. 2016. Um, it came back from a 3-1 to one deficit. It was because of defense. It's the thing that's hurt Cleveland the last couple years. They weren't good defensively. They had enough offense, even with the limited shooters Le Le LeBron had around him, limited scoring opportunities had around him. They, they just weren't good defensively enough. Toronto 
is the opposite. They are an elite defensive team, and defense starts with rebounding. They have to have a huge margin as far as the rebounding advantage. Now, Toronto is not a great rebounding team, so the thing about it is you want to build slow Golden State down on the fast break, which you talked about, slowing down the pace of the game, which we know that's the way that they were defeated with the Cavs and how the Cavs came back on them. That's also the recipe that they had for Giannis to be able to slow him down after game number two, slow the pace down. And those last four wins by Toronto, the pace of the Bucks was at 94 points a game. That would have been the slowest in the NBA during the regular season. So rebounding the basketball, slow the pace down, and the other players have to play well. Norman Powell, you might not know his name. If you don't know his name after tonight's game, that means he didn't come off the bench to be able to give them that double threat that he was against Milwaukee. Shooting the three, and he's also very, very athletic getting to the cup. Van Fleet needs to be able to hit. I'm talking about the way he was shooting the basketball. If he shoots the basketball that way, it's going to open up other things for Kawhi. And can you get Steph in foul trouble? What, can you? The Raptors don't run the pick and roll the way the Cavs did mm-hmm. in these finals. And the reason we're going to keep bringing up the Cavs is the only team the Warriors have played in these finals over the last five years is the Cavs. And they would, when they won the championship, they just ran pick and roll at Steph again and again and again. It it led to some foul trouble, which means he then has to be a little more cautious on defense. If he gets, you get by him with a step, he lets you go in for the layup because he can't get another foul. Can the Raptors do that on one end? And on the other end, how will the Raptors defend the Draymond Green, Steph Curry pick and roll? Will they put Kawhi on Draymond so he can show on Steph and recover? Will they switch it? That is something no team's been able to answer for five years, defending that play. Draymond, Steph, pick and roll, that will deter- that could go a long way to determining this series. The the Raptors are going to need some help when the Warriors have struggled. Not this year when they struggled. It was a little bit different, but they turned the ball over. If you can get Steph to be careless with the ball. Now, I do like the fact that you mentioned in the foul trouble, but I would not only, I, I, I would not only just say Steph. Steph gets a lot of fouls. You're like, why? What kind of position did he what put himself? So he gets useless fouls, but. Clay with his assignment on Kawhi. Draymond with the type of assignments and type of defense he's going to have to play. I believe those three, if any one of those get into foul trouble, then you have to go to that Warriors bench. If Toronto want to win, you got to be able to get one of those big three for the Warriors in foul trouble immediately. And quickly, before we do our picks, see, you keep talking about the importance for Toronto if they're going to win this series. Of They don't have to necessarily go up 2-0 at home, but they've got to win tonight in your mind. Yes. That, the importance of not giving away home court immediately. I read this right before the segment started. I couldn't believe it. Over the last 15 years... Home teams, game one of the NBA Finals, have only lost one time. Since 05, there's only been one loss by the home team of game one one of the Finals. It was the Spurs in 2013 were the team that was able to win that game. They ended up going on to lose that series to the Miami Heat. But that is, it, it is incumbent upon the, the Raptors to hold home court if they can and put the Warriors in a very unfamiliar position since they are 18 and 1 in game ones under Steve Kerr. Has, ma- has the magic saga done irreparable damage to the Lakers organization? No, no, it hasn't. Um, it's, it's amazing being an athlete and in sports culture covering it, no, no matter what your perspective is. Sometimes we get lost in these absolutes and these extremes. Uh, I, I learned two things. Coach used to always say success is not fixed and failure is fixable. 
Think about it. If, if you're the Lakers right now, use yourself as an example. Was your success guaranteed? It sure seemed that way in the 80s. How did it look in the 90s? Eh, not so much. And then they rebounded early 2000s. Now they're going through the roller coaster. 2010, won a couple of championships. Like, the roller coaster is the guarantee. Like, no matter who you are. Look at Detroit. It, I grew up, I was like, Detroit is the, the, the bomb. What happened to Detroit? Chicago. Oh, amazing. Jordan. Wh- where are they now? So this can flip as quickly as it did flip on the Lakers. So in terms of the damage caused by Magic Johnson, it's temporary. Uh, I actually think his cachet brought them to a greater place than what they were after the four losing seasons. So Magic Johnson, his last two years, brought the greatest player on this planet to the Lakers, helped the brand out. But in terms of damage, uh, you got to weigh the pros and cons, but I think they'll be fine. The damage is not irreparable to the Lakers. They can work their way from back, back from this. Is there damage? Yes. Mm. I would say that the irreparable damage is done to Magic Johnson. Now, I know we've talked about this previously. We've said, hey, he's quit before. This isn't anything new. The difference is he quit from a talk show. I never thought of Magic Johnson as a talk show host. He quit as a coach. Okay, he was a great player. What I've always thought was he was a leader. I always thought he was a businessman. I always thought that you could count on him and in his, in his realm of expertise. This was supposed to be his realm of expertise. And now to go on not once but twice and to savage this franchise, you're basically you're burning the franchise down for your own good to save your own image. And to me, that's not what I associated with Magic previously. It was all about, he was the guy who made everybody better. He was the guy who went in to the, uh, <coughs> the, the urban areas and started Starbucks. He was the guy who, 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 who dished the ball. He made it better for everybody else. Now I, I am seeing a side of Magic Johnson that is selfish as anything I've ever seen. And that to me, is there irreparable damage in this situation? I think the issue is, <clears throat> is two things. One, I think it damages them more if the Lakers move on to be successful right away after this, right. okay? But let's think about Magic in his business career. As a business owner, an entrepreneur, he has his hands in a lot of deals. So that means he's not engaged on a day-to-day basis in what he does. Mm. So that's the same mindset he brought to the Lakers. He told Jeannie Buss... I'm not going to be here every day because that's how he runs his business. He has multiple partners that handle the day-to-day stuff. And then when he has to make a decision, he comes in, big guy, and makes a decision. So I think where he probably overestimated his genius was thinking that being the president, you can do that. And you can't because as the president you got to understand the scouting aspect of it, the recruiting aspect of it, what's going on in the pulse of the team, what's going on in the corporate office environment. If you don't have your pulse on that, then you're going to miss the little things that it takes to be successful. And that's where I think Magic, Magic probably overplayed his hand. Jim, L- you know I, 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 hold, let me say this, Rick. <clears throat> I want to go back to why I think they, they have a civil war going on. That's why I think there's some real damage here to the Lakers. Because they, they've been down, and I know they, they've had a war between the bus brothers, sisters, blah, blah, blah. But now you have Magic Johnson, arguably your greatest brand on the Lakers. He's going after Jeannie Buss's head. And he's going after Rob Palinka. And now you have Kobe Bryant. The, to me, when Kobe says, I'm tapping out, 
it's like Kobe said, wow, this thing is, <laughs> this is a wildfire that can blow any direction and I'm not getting burned up in it. And then you toss in LeBron James is here with his, the, the last few years of him being at an elite player on the line. This thing is totally combustible. Well, look, there's too many chefs in the kitchen, and I, I respect Kobe to just say, let me go, get out of here. Either I'm going to become a waiter and serve this food, or I'm just going to get out the restaurant right now and let this calm down. Smart play by Kobe. Think about it. Kobe, in his relationship with Magic Johnson, relationship with Rob Lincoln, relationship with Jenny Buss, is hearing so many different things right now. The, the correct thing to do is say, I'm not going to side. I'm going to pause and let you guys figure this thing out together as big boys and big, big girls. I think that's one, that's an option. Right. But you can't install your agent and then say, I'm going to bounce. Well, you know, in part, <laughs> this is Kobe doing some brand protection as well. Yeah. But why? Because he's, it's getting a mess. Linked, he's getting linked to stories that are true or not true. Yep. He's right. also being, now he's the ghost consultant. And Kobe's like, wait a minute, I'm big enough to say I am or I am not. And I just think that his name is starting to enter into ways and circles that he doesn't want that. Well, so especially smart. if you can see where this is headed, why do you want to be associated with something that is not ultimately going to work out if you have the wherewithal to oh. separate yourself from it. He, one of the things he texted to me was, <laughs> they keep trying to drag me back into this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and he does not want to be part of that. You made the point, though, that being the president for Magic, being the president of a team, you can't just be the overseer. Mm -hmm. You have to be in the weeds. You have to understand what's going on on every level in every department. If there's any business that Magic should know that and have understood it coming into, it's this particular job that he can't approach it Why the way he? he does his Why other business. And that's, that's the part where I'm saying is that because he's been so far removed from the management side of basketball, that he's been heavily involved in the business side. That's been his approach on how he does partnerships and he continues to grow as well. And I would say this, I would, is, it, is the damage bad for the Lakers? Yes, because it's the Lakers brand. It's always going to be something. When something doesn't go right with the Lakers, you're going to get more attention. I would rather be the Lakers, dysfunctional, hmm. okay, than Milwaukee or uh, Memphis or New Orleans because I can recover a lot faster but to me. what about the Clippers? Huh? Here's the thing. Remember what happened with Sterling. When all of this was going yeah. on, we talked about, you know, damage control and the fire, and look what happened. Mm. It got turned around. Yeah, they got Steve Ballmer, the richest but, man in but, sports. But it was a management change, right? Yeah. I, and I'm not saying that <clears> things <throat> can't change with the Lakers, but they have to look within and put the right things in place. And if they can do that, then as the Lakers organization, you have a better chance to come out of this than a lot of other organizations. I want to start here, too. You know, just the fact that the Kings played the Warriors four times this season. You guys were competitive in all of those games. KD praised the team. How were you able to have success against Golden State? I just think that we were able to play our game for 48 minutes. You know, everybody kind of wants to slow the, slow the game down against them, but we didn't change our style for, for anyone. And all four of those games, we gave ourselves to win. We gave ourselves a chance to win. And I think kind of just the experience um, at the end of games kind of played a part in them just being able to pull it out. Mm -hmm. So defensively, how did you go at it or did you care? Did you just say we're going to outscore them or did you did you really game plan to try to slow them down? Well, one of the games we broke the, the record for the amount of threes made by both teams in a game. So uh, you try not to outscore them, but at the end of the day, you have to score the ball. You can, you can make all the game plans you want defensively. It's going to be hard. You got 
you got to chase Steph around. You got to guard KD. You got to guard Clay. It's and you were guarding mostly mostly Steph. Steph. Yeah. Okay. And what's that, that like? You better be ready to run. Run. Better. You have a lot. <laughs> you got a lot of guys who like Kyrie, Dame, who could do it off the dribble. Steph can do it off the dribble, but I think what makes him extremely dangerous is the fact that he can get off the ball and he's able to run around 17 screens and still able to get a shot off. So I think that's what just makes him. And you got to be dangerous. ready to run into 17 screens oh, yeah. too, right? Yeah, you got I, got. I got hurt getting hit by one of them. Really? Just Bye. running so fast and not being able to dodge it. You can definitely get what hurt. What was the circumstance? Um, Do you remember who it was? It was once, the, I think it was Kevon Looney. Steph was just, he threw it and just got a back screen out of nowhere. Yeah. So you definitely have to communicate. And I didn't get that. And I kind of just got hit. And you got rocked? You got... Um, it was more so I got hit in my leg. So it was like okay. my hip. But man, it's... Steph is a difficult He's, guard. Kavon's a big man. Oh, yeah. And they like yeah. they like setting screens. You, you have to have guys that want to get you open. If you have if you have Shannon here, <laughs> and he, and he wants to get you open. True. That guy that guy's gonna get rocked. Well, you, you say um, Steph loves running, and he runs a lot. But we hear it says like when a guy gets tired, the first thing to go is his legs. How's he able to run so much and still be able to get those shots up late in the ball game like he does and make them? I think it's preparation. Like, you just got to be in the best shape of your life. And right. he's probably one of the most well-conditioned guys in the league. Right. You, like, you always see the stat with, um, with guys with Miles Rand. Right. Steph is always in the top three. Right. And that's really just what he does offensively, how much he moves. And mm. that's definitely, like I said, it's just preparation. You, you can't just wish that you're in condition like that. <laughs> so you realized before you got to Sacramento, I think it was back in 2015, Klay Thompson scored 37 points in the third quarter against your Kings, or those Kings. Yeah. That, that's almost like mathematically impossible to me for 37 <laughs> in a quarter, right? Yeah. I so, mean, they, they shoot the ball so well. Like, we, it was a game where actually, so one game we lost, we were up 10 points with three minutes left and lost the game by four. It's crazy how fast, because it can be, you could be up 15, it'll be, they can make a 3 3 steal, dunk, timeout. Come out the timeout, 3 3 3 timeout. So it's like, just the, you have to be able to withstand their runs. And I think that that's another reason that we were able to keep the games close. Because mm -hmm. they'd make a run, we'd answer the run. They'd make a run, we'd answer the run. We'd, we'd get a run, they'd answer the run. And I think that's what makes them great. They don't get rattled when you make a run. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what, that's what, that's the hard thing about basketball. If a team makes three threes in a row, are you going to put your head down and be demoralized? Or are you going to be able to answer it? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what they do. So how does Toronto match up with Golden State? I think it's definitely tough. You have Kawhi. Uh, Kyle Lowry played well in the conference finals. Pascal is definitely one of the most improved players. He played, yes. you know, borderline all-star. He's been great. Uh, Marcus Gasol has the experience. Serge Ibaka has the experience. I think that they have a lot of guys that won't be rattled by their runs. Hmm. They don't have a see, uh, Pascal's the only young guy. He's what, to like 24, 25. Hmm. It's not really all that young, but they have a lot of vets that won't be, hmm. that won't be scared or afraid to step up to the challenge of the Warriors making hmm. a run. If you see, you see a team make a run on the Warriors, Steve Kerr doesn't call timeout. No, he doesn't. He doesn't call timeout very often. Right. Because you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Draymond who don't want you to call timeout because they want to step up to the challenge of answering a run. And mm. I think Toronto definitely has a team made up of guys that can do that. You give them a shot to win? I, de I think it's, it's hard to beat the Warriors even without, Clay, even without KD. Mm -hmm. We can say KD, you know, he doesn't play, but everyone will step up. You can say, oh, who's going to step up? Well, Steph can average 23 with KD. Now KD's out. Now he gets more shots. And yeah. mm. KD and uh, Clay gets more shots. Draymond's going to have the ball in his hands more. Mm. So 
I definitely have. I mean, I got the Warriors winning. I would think my best guess, I would say, in six, just because I think Kawhi will single-handedly at least win one game. Mm -hmm. And I think Toronto is good enough to at least win a game without Kawhi having to take over the entire game. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest difference, Golden State, without KD, with and without KD? Without KD, it's definitely the ball movement. They don't have a guy that's just going to isolate. But, you know, if KD's on the floor, you have to. <laughs> you got to give him that space. You have to. Like, the great, most, of all, most of the great players, you got to be able to let them isolate. But that's the great thing about Steph. He doesn't have to. He can, but he doesn't need to. Right. And I think that's definitely the biggest part. Everybody gets more touches. Everybody gets to feel the ball a little bit more when KD's not playing. Mm. KD, best player in basketball? <sighs> I know you. Uh, He's it's tough. I don't... Man, he know he know that guy. He know, he know about that guy. He nobody. Mm. I think it's tough. I think it's tough. I think KD definitely is the best offensive player in the league for sure, and he can he can definitely defend. But I think you have a case for everybody. You have a case for Kawhi. You have a case for LeBron. You got a case for KD. You got a case for Steph. Mm. And and I got thirty three cases of Diet Mountain Dew because he keeps betting against me. But that's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Other than that, let's see. Well, he got Golden State. He's yeah. taking Golden State, and I take a LeBron. And J.R. Smith and mm. Tristan Thompson oh, yeah. in the finals. They're like, yeah. And you realize what happened in game one just one year ago? Oh, yeah, we definitely saw. It. Everybody yeah. remembers that. Yeah. Thank you. But, but LeBron <laughs> had the ball in his hands with eight seconds left with Steph guarding him. Little Steph. But he's, and you just got to just shoot it. No, you didn't. If see, you're that guy, you shoot that shot. Fox, right? D. Fox, check this out. Yeah. Now he saw LeBron was at the three point line at the top of the key. That there is at the free throw line is Draymond and KD. Oh yeah, they're playing at the boxes. You got a lot. That's a lot of help. Mm. Come <laughs> on, man. Come on, Skip. You saw that. And, and everybody says they want LeBron to just bully, bully. You can't bully the entire time. At look some at point, you're gonna yeah, get right a there, right there. Look at that. Look at that. He's inside the three-point line. Okay, so he's got little Steph on him. I don't know, but you got a lot of. Okay, but wait a second. He's got the hottest hand from distance I've ever seen him have in any playoff game in his career. He's actually made three of six three-point shots, and he's seven of 13 outside the paint. And he's got the little man on him, and you're down one with eight seconds. Just take one dribble to your left and rise up and shoot a virtual free throw. Shoot a Michael Jordan at Utah shot. Now, it was, hold the go pose. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Hold the pose. Go, no, go ahead, go ahead. Now, one thing I can say is he probably shouldn't have tried to make that pass in that situation. Uh, there we That's go. a tough pass. Right. Extremely tough pass. This man's a point guard. He knows. Right. And here's Meta World Peace, almost 17 years in the NBA, won a championship, was an all-star defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, it, it's funny when you watch the Warriors. So you played in a great Laker team, and you were in the playoffs a lot. Um, the Warriors are different. Uh, they're a little finesse. They're, they're, right now, it's a tiny, tiny basketball team. Draymond's their big. Yes. For, you're an old school guy. When you broke into the league, there were centers. Right. There were fights. It yes. was physical. Yeah. And the Warriors are none of that. Can you still respect them? I mean, you can respect them, but I really believe in bigs. I believe in coaching a 7-foot or 6'11 center, you know, 6'8 to 6'10 power forward, and I do not want to lose against a smaller team. It bothers you? Yes, it will, it will bother me. We, we cannot lose against a smaller team. It's not saying these guys are not great, but I'm saying as a coach, as a competitive coach, I don't want to lose against a smaller team. Yeah, they are a very unique team. In fact, the way they play, they take – you know, I like how much can Mark Gasol play in the finals? How much can Serge Ibaka play in the finals? Well, those guys are smart. So in the, the last couple of years, they haven't been teaching bigs. And the bigs, they didn't understand tandem big actions. 
well, Ibaka and, and Gasol, this is where it's going to be a problem for Golden State. These guys know how to play. They know how to go high-low. They know how to swing it, screen, roll, pop, swing, all this smart basketball. These guys know. Well, Toronto's got veterans. Do you think they make it a, a captivating final? Do you think it's good? I think, I think it comes down to the, the big three of Clay, Draymond, and, um, and Curry. Yeah. <laughs> how do you forget that? Against the big three on defense, uh, Kawhi, Ibaka, and Gasol. Now, I'm not discrediting Sakum, but I'm saying these, three, these other three guys have been there, and I think whoever plays their – you know, that side of the ball better is going to come out on top. Well, you know, I said this about Kawhi Leonard. He does remind me, not personality-wise, right? but he's got Jordan's hands. Okay. He's, he's got his leanness. Okay. He's got a mid-range game. Mm-hmm. There are times I watch him. Now, if you gave me Kobe's personality and flair right. in Kawhi's body, because I always felt Kobe was the closest thing to MJ. Right. Um, but but Michael Kawhi's got these claws that half the time he goes to the basket and it's an advantage. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, do you see weaknesses with Kawhi? Like do you do you see a little Michael Jordan with him? I, I don't see any weaknesses with Kawhi, and I do not see Michael Jordan. I don't know. What do you see? I mean, I see just an amazing player, a, a better version of uh, Pippen. I don't see Jordan. You know, I don't. Jordan has shake right left. Fade away. He has so much charisma. Oh yeah, fashion. He, he Jordan was just. I don't see that in Kawhi. You see a grinder. I see a, a grinder, efficiency. You know, a, a Hall of Famer. You know all that stuff. So I want to I want to move into the Lakers situation because um, you and Kobe have a good relationship, and you uh, Rob Palinka is Kobe's agent for yes. years. So you know you saw a lot of Palinka when you were a Laker. Of course, he was all over the place. Of course, Rob's getting clobbered. Yeah, uh, he's getting he, he's getting clobbered by the media, and he's I've, getting clobbered worse than Jamie from the Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch that show, but there's some reference there that everybody yeah. but me gets. He's getting clobbered. Okay, so I've said this before. He's I don't getting clobbered worse than me at the brawl when the guy hit me with the cup. <laughs> oh, that's bad. So <laughs> I love Rob. Okay, I feel bad. So you know Rob. I know uh, Rob. Is, is some of the criticism fair? What do you make of backstabbing Magic and he's over his head? When's I the last feel, time you texted him? I feel bad for Magic, Rob, Janie, because I'm a Laker. Although I play for other teams that I love, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a Laker guy, you know, and I feel bad how everything came out. You know, I know Magic. I see Magic at the gym. You know, I, I text with Gene. I used to get breakfast every Sunday with Dr. Buss. You know, when I played, me and Rob talked about offensive a lot. We talk about offensive sets and things. When he first got the job, we talk about basketball. You know, so I feel bad all across the board. Who's running the organization, do you think, now? Jeannie. She's the boss. So Jeannie. It's her team. It's her team. But, but you do sense a little chaos. I mean, I, I, I sense that. When you make investments, sometimes those investments don't work. If you look at the, the biggest VC funds out there, they'll, they'll invest in 10 things. That one investment that they made hits. The guys that invested 25 grand in Uber nine years ago, now it's 124 million. Right. I know guys invested 200 grand worth a billion dollars. You got to give these investments time. Jeannie is making investments. She's only been the boss for three years. What about the other male owners that's been running teams for 20 years? She's getting clobbered worse than all these other owners. You know, give her some time to see a return on her investments. How do you think this all sits with LeBron? Because, you know, it's funny. LeBron is on social media having a great time. I was going to say, it's interesting (laughs) that um, 
you know, I always thought LeBron had his hands and meddled with everything, which right. I get when you're the best player in the world. Right, you like, should. I, I didn't have a problem if Kobe had opinions with what the Lakers were bringing in. Right. But it does feel like LeBron this year has kind of just let everybody do their thing. He's doing his business. He's kind of distanced I, himself from this I'll tell mess. you what LeBron is thinking. What? This is too much chaos, and it's a process. LeBron is not thinking about what's happening in the media LeBron, I mean, whatever LeBron does today is not going to fast forward the season for next year. LeBron should continue doing what he's doing. This year, they would have been fourth in the playoffs. Right. Next year, they should finish second or third. That's what I think. If they you should land do. a free agent, if they land a free agent, guys get better. They should be second or third, and we'll forget about this. Now, you don't have any responsibility as a journalist like we do. I don't. <laughs> so you don't, which is great. Which I can bring you on, and I can just yeah. say, okay. What are players in the league saying about who's going to come to the Lakers? I don't care oh, okay. if it's a total innuendo right, right. or rumor. I don't care if you're wrong. You text guys all the time. <laughs> I'll give you a player. What are guys saying about Jimmy Butler? Um, I'm hearing that Jimmy Butler, what I'm hearing, because I'm not like locked in, but I'm hearing Jimmy Butler to L.A. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Butler is the most likely Laker. And I don't know anything. I'm not in the front office. That's right. I, I don't have these conversations that's right. with nobody. That's right. Yeah. You are free and clear to say I'm anything. I'm free and clear. Okay. Not to say anything. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> Kevin Durant. What are you hearing? New York. Knicks. Yeah. I'm hearing the same thing. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I'm hearing. I, mean, I think that he needs to win away from Golden State. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fair. Why? Because his legacy is attached to Curry. And I'm not, I'm not sure if he wants to continue that. Right. Why not? Getting five rings. Or I'm not sure if he wants to show, you I can win a ring. Right. What are you hearing about Kyrie? I'm hearing, um, I'm reading the articles, so I'm hearing, like, is he Batman? Is he Robin? You know, can he carry a team? I think he's definitely a good player. I think he needs another star next to him. Yes. Like LeBron. He is a winner. He's def he, he proved that he's a winner with that shot he hit on Curry in the finals. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think Kyrie's the most perplexing, but it, I could make an argument. Kyrie's personality is the hardest to figure out. He's a different cat. I think he's young. He made some mistakes. He talked about Boston, reached out to LeBron. And I think, like, when you're a young player, it's never going to be perfect. And that's what we, we can't expect these guys to be perfect. I, I won't because I know I wasn't a perfect player when I played. How old are you now? I'm 39. Okay. <laughs> Go back to when you were 28 years old. Where were you? You were in Indiana. I was in um, Houston. Okay. Yeah. And were you squirrely? Were you, what were you like? At that time, I was, I was evolving as a person. I was becoming a better teammate, becoming more of a winner, and I was becoming more level. At that time, you're starting to become a vet, a pro at that age. Were you a good practice player? Did you put the time in? I was always in practice. Okay. Yeah, then always. you went to Indiana. Yeah. Now you're 30. No, I, I was in Indiana first. I was then 20. went to Houston. Then went to Sacramento for, four, for three years, then, then Houston, then the Lakers. When you came to the Lakers... Your reputation was, boy, meta, Ron, meta, boy, he's out there. Yeah. But you were actually very dependable. Yeah. You actually won game seven in the championship. Kobe struggled. You were great. It's funny how you evolved. Like, you, your reputation early was, boy, this guy is combustible. He'll get I enough. I was. And you were. I was crazy. But you really <laughs> grew up. And so, to your point, I guess, is we got to remember these are kids in yeah. their 20s. These are rich I'm not going to say brats <laughs> because, like us, we didn't grow up with money. Yeah. But after a while, when you're making that much money over time, it's like, yeah, I am rich. Like, I do what I want. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying everybody takes that approach. Look at Kawhi Leonard, very humble guy. Yeah. But I'm saying, you know, 
things might change a little bit. You know, you have, I mean, what you're living a great life. No kidding. I mean, since living. I started making money here, I don't even talk to people. <laughs> I don't even have interest talking to Goulet over there. Meta, it's great seeing you. By the way, Quiet Storm, yeah. the Ron Artest story, premieres this Friday night, 10 Eastern, Pacific on Showtime, by the way. Uh, I watch Showtime all the uh, all the time. Billions is a great show. If you ever want to watch a great show, watch Billions. Uh, Quiet Storm. This is your story from childhood on. Yeah, you know, um, Bleacher Report and Johnny Sweet, those guys reached out to me and said they want to do a story. Um, I didn't want to do it, but it turned out amazing. Did it? I have no arguments. Um, you know, our test media group, uh, we got a production credit on an actual documentary, so I'm happy about that. Um, when you look back at your life, and it was, I, from what I've read, it's chaotic early. Yeah. When you look back at your life, are you sad? Are you thankful? How do you view your life? Looking back on it now with all your success. Well, I just, I just hate the fact that I don't have an MVP. Um, I don't have more all-star appearances and a, a more defensive player of the years. I was 13 more NBA when I was 23 years old. All these awards I got, I was 23 and 24. You know, um, so... With my dysfunction um, and being detrimental in my locker rooms, you know, those basketball awards that we live for, I don't have, you know, what changed, enough. What changed? Was there a person that ever came to you and said at the time, Ron, Ron, you're really talented. <laughs> yeah. Like who, who woke you? Where was the, where was the awakening? Uh, um, you know, just um, getting in trouble <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that, that's, that's what, you know, could say, okay, you got to do something a little bit different. And the key is... Never try to change overnight. That's what I realized. Let it happen gradually. Because sure. a lot of us are not perfect in this world as athletes or just as regular people. So just let things happen gradually, naturally. Metal World Peace. It's great seeing you. You're an easy guy to root for. Thank you. It's good to be on your show. I love, like I told you, I, it's one of my favorite shows. 